Hi, I'm Julie. I'm Laura. We're longtime friends who know a good year at Real Talk can solve almost anything. And we're transferring our skills and experiences to our new coaching practice. Whether you're making a big decision, exploring a new path, planning a project, or you just want to learn how coaching might help you, join us for our conversations on Coaching Through It. All right, we're back for another ICF Coaching Core Foundation. What are we talking about today, Julie? Um, Today, we're talking about competency number three, establishes and maintains agreements. This one saw a lot of change, Laura, I think. Yeah, tell me about it. So as we were doing our research and kind of digging into this for the pod, I think what really stood out to us is the addition of working with uh, sponsored coaching, right? Or the focus on sponsored coaching and the stakeholders um, involved in that part of it, rather than just the coach and client relationship. Yeah. And so to define for all y'all listening, um, it is defined as partners with the client and the relevant stakeholders to create clear agreements about the coaching relationship, process, plans, and goals, establishes agreements for the overall coaching engagement, as well as those for each coaching session. So this is really similar to uh, the mindset that we just talked about in number two. Um, This is really setting yourself up for success with the client. And if it's a sponsored client that we're going to probably dig into, because we've got some great experiences about that. Um, I think it's great that they included sponsored coaching. This has really been helpful for me as a coach. Um, I don't know how it sits with you, but I think it it really kind of couches of other people ask for coaching for their teams, their organizations, and their leaders. And then you're like, as a coach, what do I do? How do I set that up? Yeah. Yeah. I do love it. And I, that last sentence, the second half of that sentence and that definition really stands out to me because it's like, remember that as a coach, you need to manage the agreement with the sponsor, right? Like for sponsored coaching, as you just said, but also you're going to have these like micro agreements that come up every time you set an agenda with a client, right? And you have to hold space for both of those. Um, And I think a responsibility, it introduces a new layer of like your responsibility as a coach to guide a client right? Maybe there is a little more guidance for that client um, when a sponsor has objectives that they want to meet, right? I think of uh, some examples for folks who are listening, if that might be new for you, I think of a, a new CEO who might be coming into a company or a new senior leader, right? They might have um, feedback or data from their interview process. So they want to be coached on these specific topics or their sponsor wants them to be coached on specific topics, right? Um, you might see this with performance reviews, right? And coaching that comes out of performance reviews. So there are clear objectives, uh, but still giving space for the client. And I think that's a really important thing. I'd love to hear your thoughts on like, how, how are you making space for the client within some of those sponsored coaching experiences. Yeah, because there's always going to be a goal. So I think a sponsored coaching can be connected to um, program, programmatic. So you said a few things like onboarding, or if we want leaders to level up and there's a gap in their leadership that we want them to grow and be promoted, um, we want the following X, Y, Z. And so that's very specific. And I think you and I know that coaching is very personal and more tailored than these, like, let's hit these goals and outcomes because success looks like this we don't know what success looks like in coaching and success is defined um, sure by the coaching plan, but every session unpacks the word success and goals every every way. So there's going to be almost, you said a tension between the two. So maybe the organization or the person asking you to coach these following leaders or clients has another goal in their mind 
However, coaching is unique that it might unpack and unwind other ideas by that individual client. So um, you said hold space. I think how do you deal with the tensions between the two and and still respect confidentiality because there's still the confident, confidential piece of it. We sign a contract uh, back to our ethical practice. We don't disclose anything specific about the session. Um, all sponsored clients, an organization or a leader could ask for is, have you been meeting with that client? And you'd say yes or no. And um, that's about it. So there isn't always a like, report back to say, is this success true? So um, it's interesting. Julius um, Ordonez was the one that did this video. And I found it really interesting that they dug into this new competency being the difference of that stakeholder with respect to sponsored coaching, how you set up the agreement, and then how do you make sure that you're the right person for the job? Because there might be you and a few other coaches that they have options to choose from. You're like, maybe I'm not the best person. And it, it will be meeting those clients. And Julie, I know you've met some sponsored coaches and you're like, Am I suitable? Or what are the questions that go through your head when you meet someone that's a sponsored client that you got introduced to from whether it's an HR business partner or a leader or some sort of programmatic planned coaching session? Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny because my sponsored coaching work was done, um, you know, internally to a company. And so I did feel really comfortable with those clients because we had that experience in common. I think what I found more of and what I learned was really important was on that stakeholder side. Like what questions am I asking the stakeholder to make sure that the client understands what's going to happen? I mean, you still do an exploration session, right? You still set up that agreement as we've talked about, but the setup from the stakeholder, whoa, did I learn how important that is? Um, And I, you know, I've joked um, with you, I've told a story where one of my first clients in that situation came to me and um, knew that I was affiliated with HR, right, within this coaching role. And um, what they asked for was to revisit a performance review from two years ago, like, and not as in like, let's unpack it and dig into it, but as like, I want to change what happened. So how can you help me change this performance review? So like, clearly not understanding the setup. And, And we had to, I did that work to recalibrate, but like, that really said to me, oh, what am I doing with the stakeholders? Because I shouldn't be doing that work to recalibrate that experience, you know, for that client. Yeah. And I think you're right. Stakeholders, um, sometimes it could be a team, it could be an HR person, it could be someone else just that has you come on as this client. You need to set them up. And it's it's a two-way street. Like you need to say, what are you telling the potential coaches, the clients? Um, what do you expect as the stakeholder? And I, I think about it now that I'm doing some contract coaching with other companies. So there's a bunch of coaching companies out there. We don't get paid on this podcast until we do. I don't need to mention their names. Um, but I think about like I'm coaching now and they have an organization or two that they co- they have clients for. And my relationship with that stakeholder is so far removed. Like I know I'm coaching people in their org and their team in this company. So I think of one company in particular. I get the, I see the, uh, what's the setup? What's the parameters? What's the why of the program? So they give you like the programmatic details, what to expect and what you do as a coach in this area. And so it's interesting that I still have folks come in and say, well, I saw an email, there's an opportunity for coaching. And I know 
coaching can be great. Or I think coaching is this, or coaching is really expensive. So it's free for my employer. So I I thought I'd take advantage of it. So I think um, the calibration with the client for me has been really important because I don't have that direct contact with a sponsor. It's kind of like third, I'm a third party contract coach and I could see the program that they're in. So it's really important for me to touch base with that client, that coachee and say, what do you know about coaching? What do you want to know? And what do you want to know about my practice? And those have been like the three questions I ask just to unpack and know that we're on the same page. Is this for you? And then we're going to dive into a mini coach session right away And that gives, uh, I think, most of my clients that are sponsored in that area, in that light, an idea of what is coaching and a taste for coaching and go, is this for me? Are you the right coach for me right away? Because maybe maybe I'm not the best person for them to coach. And that'll help them decide within, honestly, the 30-minute time slot that scared the shit out of me when I started doing it. But it's helped me to go, all right, let's sort through who's going to continue to coach and who's going to keep on and they self filter, which I love. And that's great, but it's getting to that point of, I I don't have touch with the sponsor. So my agreement is going to be in that first intro session where we explore and coach. I'm going to ask you, what are your three questions again? Because people might've already gone back to rewind, but I think those are really good. So the three questions you said, I ask, um, what brings you to coaching? Uh, what do you know about coaching and what do you want to know about my coaching practice and background essentially are the three. Yeah. Great. Great. I think what's great about, um, then setting agreements with a client in a sponsored setting is that is where you get to start that relationship building, obviously, but also I think really, um, helping them understand that you are their advocate and you're on their side, right? So I might be working with the stakeholder in a sponsored situation, but my, my focus and my priority is that client, right? Because that's, that's what coaching is. Um, and I think about how powerful it is. Um, you know, let's say you get an example where someone has sent, they need help with public speaking, right? We, we need them to level up. They need help with this public speaking. Okay. So traditional, they could get a job aid. They could watch a, a LinkedIn learning video. It's no, no knocking there. There's good resources, but like, is that getting to the root of the problem? And I think what's great about coaching is that you're spending time with that client to say like, what's going on here? You know, like, what do we need to work through? What are your barriers around this? And and giving them that time and attention that really leads to lasting change, which is great. Yeah, because it's not change, it's transformation. You're getting to like, here's the crux of the problem here. Um, this root issue is, it's not about public speaking, but it's about... I. I don't know what my voice is, or I've never had to think about it. Or yeah. like other, I've had some coach, sponsored coach specifically say, I hear my mother in the back of their head. Cause I said, what's your inner voice? And they named it's Barbara. And I was like, that's my mom's name. I'm like, whoa, that's a different thing. That sounds like more of a therapy thing, but let's get into what you need to do to ignore those voices. So you can step on stage to present. So it's really funny to hear you talk about that because I think you're right. Like, I think our clients, even especially in sponsored coaching, regular coaching, these agreements and uh, maintaining agreement, establishing agreements, I think confidentially, confidentiality and trust, like earning trust is really key. And um, they have to know like they can have candid conversations that might go off, off script, quote unquote, from the goal of the program they're in. And I think if they're comfortable enough to go, I know that we're not supposed to really talk about this, like a career change or leaving the company or leaving the team, but they feel safe enough to do that. I think we've done our jobs as coaches to like lay the foundation of tr- like maintains 
um, agreements more than anything else. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think the other piece around agreements is um, covering what we're not going to do. Mm. And I think about, um, we've talked about this on other podcasts where it becomes more of like the consulting phase. Oh, I really just want help on my resume, you know, or, oh, I really need um, a facilitated training or something, you know, um, and things that sure, we might have that skill set in that area, but being clear um, about what is not involved in coaching and what might not be outside those bounds, like you just said, like, yes, I'm here to build trust and, and focus on the client and your development. I'm not here to, to look at your resume as part of that process, you know? Yeah. And something I've done because I think, Julie, I recognize like I have clients come to me and ask like, and they're really flailing when it comes to like the transferability of who they are now and who they want to be. And I'll say, listen, this won't be after a first session, but maybe I've been coaching them for like three or five sessions. Hey, do you want a 30 minute consult on your resume? And that won't be counted as coaching hours. I'm happy to do that. Um, or I'll refer them to someone else to do that if they want deeper work and be like, oh, it sounds like you want to work on this more. I know some great resume writing people that do this and some other folks that might help you narrow in because I, I do recognize like it's hard when you have the ability, but to maintain that coaching aspect, I'll say, I'm not going to get into this. I can coach you around who you are and what you want to be shown, seen as in your resume, but like getting to like the brass tacks and the tactical of, this is my resume now. What am I missing? And when they can, they want to ask more questions and you want to give um, that advice monster creeps up and that feedback creeps up of like, how do you give them that? Even though that's not the space in coaching. And I don't know, what do you do in those situations when it comes to that? Yeah. I mean, I've taken a similar tactic, right. To explain like, Hey, we're in a coaching session right now. And so here's, here's what we can do. Let's talk about, um, you know, your career evolution or or what you what you want your career evolution to look like, but we're not editing the resume, you know, like word for word. I'm not grammar. I'm not checking your grammar today, you know, and and here's what might be available for that. Um, you know, it's bringing to mind for me too, I think a, a really good um, something to think about as a coach is like, what do I want to be referred for to? Mm. And so, uh, you know, I would much rather have a referral that says, hey, you know, Julie was great helping me explore the next steps of my career journey. Then like Julie was great with her red pen and cut all my grammar mistakes. In my resume. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be, that reminds me of working at a career center. Yeah. I don't want to be doing the employment support on your job aids and job applications. Yeah. And I, I think this was brought up in this video, the differences between that level of coach, like ACC level, you're stuck on that the process, but like the PCC, MCC, you're going deeper and you're driving to like, so what's the real problem for you here? What's the clarity you need on this thing? And I, I think about that more as uh, you and I grow in our experience um, in coaching to say, you're right. Like people are really smart and they're brilliant clients we work with. They can go figure out the resume bullshit. It's not the resume. It's really what's behind it and what's holding them back. And those are more fun conversations than anything else that I, I think, um, I think they can figure out their own resume bits and pieces, but uh, yeah, you're right. I don't want to be known for a, this in coaching because that sounds boring. Yeah. That's true. I think uh, before we wrap this episode, one other piece that I'd love to pull out of this is um, the ability to explain coaching without oh, yeah. jargon. 
right? And making sure that the client, I think this is really important when you talk about agreements, because we want to make sure that the client understands. So it's not just about level setting with coaching, but then it's also like, okay, um, here's what's going to happen. And let me not just quote from the ICF website about the experience you're going to have, right? Or some other some other website of your choice around coaching, right? How am I um, making sure I'm using my own words? I think this goes back to that other point about, am I the right person? How am I describing how I approach coaching? Um, speaking in plain language so that the client really understands what, what the experience of a coaching uh, session would look like with you. Yeah, I put this call out to our, uh, we do Coach Coffee Talk, which is a small community of coaches. So if you're a coach and you want to join us, let us know. We're on LinkedIn. We meet on monthly, but I put a challenge out in March. As What's your elevator pitch? Like, how do you explain coaching in plain language to folks that um, really, they understand it? So I put mine up there. I'm waiting for others, Julie. But I said, this is my pitch. I support folks who are in transition and seeking transformation within their career, work, leadership, life, and more. As a coach, I'm a thinking partner who joins the journey to ask deep questions and help you explore what you want to do next. I'll meet you where you are now to be your thinking partner to discover how you want to thrive and grow. And I said thinking partner twice in there, but it's true. I think I work alongside. What do you say, Julie? Yeah, I'm really in the space of um, how are we, I want to work with leaders, I think more specifically, right? Um, and, and, how how can I help a leader uh, build uh, an environment of inclusion and belonging, right? So I'm here to ask you those deep questions, right? We're going to talk about um, your own leadership journey, your own leadership development. What does it look like to become an equitable leader? What does it look like to become a leader who can, can root any sort of leadership experience in that idea of belonging? Ooh, that's good. You should hold on to that one. Did you write that down yeah. somewhere? I got it. I got it in the, in the mental trap of my mind. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it helps people. Like, I think I've noticed what words resonate when you explain this to a client. Yeah. I was like, Oh my, I would grab onto that. What you just said there. Um, So when people said, Oh, thinking partner or, Oh, like guide on the side or something like, they're like, Oh, I really need to like, so I always like listen back to what people hear because you say something, but what did they actually hear? is what's grabbing onto that. Yeah. And I think it is, I mean, you know, it's a great way to figure out, are we a good match? Because the Mm. language matters. We, we all know this and the words that we choose, you know, and I think guide on the side is a great example of a, of a term that we hear that some people might be, Oh, I don't want a guide. I want someone who's taken charge. Right. And (laughs) And you're like, that's not me. That's not me. (laughs) That's how I know we're not a good fit. But I, you know, I exactly what this is saying, exactly what you're saying, Laura, the ability to use that language that I think describes how I want to show up as a coach in partnership with you is also another signal um, for folks to start figuring out if you are the right match for them in this coaching journey. Yeah. Alignment comes with like what they see your kind of philosophy as coaching is and your values. And if you could put it anywhere, I think it's really great. So I've like stolen and borrowed from great coaches out there. Thanks, Chelsea. FAQs to like signal stuff. Cause it was like, you talk about habits as well. I was like, I do. We can coach around that. Like coaching is just coaching. That's a secret y'all. But like, if you put out what you'd be interested in talking about or your philosophy or how you like think of coaching, I think it's really important for clients to see. And it's not, not just marketing BS, but it's actually saying like how you actually 
see coaching. I think that's really important to them. And um, I think a philosophy of that is really part important to put out in the world. Great. So we've established and maintained agreements. Uh, that was number three. Uh, anything we're taking away from that? No, I think it is just a really good, I, what I loved about this competency is that it, um, I think more than some of the others, highlights and puts a spotlight on the professional professional relationships that can happen in coaching, right? So working for those companies, working for clients, working for stakeholders, that's that sort of thing. Um, I think we still get this vision of, you know, a wooden sign hung on the post outside of my house and saying like free advice, I'm a coach, you know, like I, I think the mental image people have of coaching is not always in a professional um, work setting, right? Or coming through a professional work setting. Yeah. And I like that this competency highlights that piece of it. The establishment maintains agreement is an agreement what professional coaching is and what it's not. So I love this as well. And I think it's great for sponsor coaching and one-to-one coaching. So coaches and clients understand that. And you're aligned, like you're explaining what you do the before, during, after, and you're not just saying like, oh, it's not going to look like this when we're in session. You're maintaining that agreement throughout. So. Well done, updated uh, ICF uh, number three. Well done, bravo. That was great, that was great. Um, oh. I'd love to hear from folks, you know, as as you listen, as you process this, how are you connecting with those stakeholders, right? How are you navigating um, the tension or even just the, the, the balance, you know, choose your own word there, as we've talked about, between a stakeholder and a client relationship? We'd love to get additional voices on that. What are the simple words you're saying to clients so they understand the awareness of coaching, the practice and the process? So tell us, we can improve our elevator pitches always. Mm-hmm. Until then, we'll be coaching through it. Be sure to listen to the next episode by subscribing to our podcast. We always welcome comments and questions. Send us an email at coachingthroughit@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Until then, we'll be figuring it out on Coaching Through It.